Hey, I'm Blake Francis. I'm a millennial and I've never listened to a podcast in my life. So the only comical thing to do is to create a series of audio goodness where I have a yarn to some interesting people I've met in my time. And the challenge is I'm rallying my co-hosts using only the mate's currency, a slab of beverages. Strap yourselves in because who knows where this could go. It's Best Mates with Blake. Yes, g'day, it's Blake Francis here for another episode of Best Mates with Blake and super excited for today's episode. You guys would know and love him already from the Hamish Nanny podcast, uh, for anyone in Melbourne and also when we broadcast uh, on Gold 104.3 around the Gold Network on radio, you would have heard my next guest, Jack Post. Welcome, thank you so much to the episode. Thanks, Blake. Thanks for having me. And now the, the slab currency makes so much sense why you're so insistent to find out what I wanted to drink. I kept saying, don't worry about it, man. I'm happy to come on the podcast. You don't have to pay me. But now it makes so much sense it, why you uh, were persistent about it. Well, it does because it's one of the shticks to this, uh, this whole project. Um, and you're not the first person to just be like, no, no, no. Happy to come on. I don't need any alcohol or beverages. Well, I think you've done it in the reverse order. So you, you asked people to come on first. Well, this, this is how you did it with me. You asked me to come on. I said yes. So I'm already locked in. And then you ask what I want for a drink. So yeah, I know. You've done it in the wrong order. I know. I know. Well, look, I thank you very much for coming on board anyway before I even offered some drinks. Uh, but I do have a slab or two there for you. But we'll get to that at the end of the podcast. Oh, but. Uh, yeah. Well, actually, screw it. I'll, I'll do it now. I got you some kombucha because you said you weren't drinking at the moment. I'm trying not to drink so much at the moment. I've, I've got... I had a party at my house um, maybe a month ago and there was enough beer left after the party for me to drink for the next year. So I, <laughs> And now that it's just stacked in the fridge... I said to my wife, I'm like, I got to get rid of this beer because I'm just having one with dinner every night and I want to take cut that habit out. So I gave all the beer to my neighbor um, who was really curious. He was like, what do I have to do? To Something get this wrong beer? here. Like, I'm just, I just want it, <laughs> I want it gone. And I don't, the last thing I want to do is to, for you to restock my fridge with a whole new 24 uh, cans of beer. Oh, Godforsaken burden this, this, uh, this podcast <laughs> is. Like, no, I'm off the podcast, mate. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> Um, so kombucha yes, is I, a great alternative. I did. I tell you what, I went and uh, went and got it yesterday. I didn't know what flavor you liked, so I had to improvise, and I got you a couple of flavors there: uh, some nice ginger lemon and some uh, raspberry that's very lemonade. Generous, thank you, man. No, that's well, all right. Do you uh, like a kombucha? I don't mind a kombucha. I was not against it. I just wasn't like I like to think I'm quite a healthy guy, yep. but not to the point of actively buying healthy <laughs> products and like going, oh, no, my body's a temple. Let's ingest it with but this. But is it, what health benefits does kombucha actually have? It's, oh, I have no idea. What's SCOBY? Like it all comes out of like that sort of bacteria, for, good for your gut. Yeah. I have no idea. Good for your gut is such a thing that we can't argue against because we don't know if it's good for our gut and we know that it's important in there. So we just got to take their word for it that kombucha is fixing whatever's in our gut. Yeah, well, we just try and believe what science tell us this yeah. is good and it's like yeah sure we'll pay money for it but nonetheless you do have a couple of slabs of kombucha there so you can uh, stock them up in your fridge at home but like I said at the start we've actually worked together now Gold 104.3 radio station in Melbourne yep. uh, and everyone would know you from of course the Hamish and Eddie podcast as well uh, and also Hamish and Eddie over the years yep. so I know you started very early on uh, in your teens you were a, a radio host back then at Sin, yep. uh, which is a local station here in Melbourne. 
Is that from a very early age, I guess, what you wanted to do? You were one of those one trajectory career guys. No, I was totally about wanting to be a rock star at that age. So really? I was on air first time when I was 15 at um, the Student Youth Network in Melbourne. And I was in a band at that time as well, a punk band called Last Chance. Um, we had two original songs and we'd fill up the rest of our set playing covers. And I, th- I was, I really, really thought Rockstar in some way would be where I was going. Like either wow. if I was the guitarist or the man up the front, it didn't really worry me, but I wanted to be playing in a band. The, the radio stuff came, uh, I can't even really remember how I got involved in it, but it was the, the, I know the reason why I did it is because to do the show would mean I have to get out of school early. So I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, get the last two periods off English um, in, cha- in exchange for doing a radio show. I'll definitely take that. So it was this thing that was offered. You, you came on a radio show with a bunch of other students and you just had to present one thing. Mm. But you got the afternoon off it uh, for it. And that was in 2003. So more than half my life ago was my first... Time behind the microphone. Yes, but shouldn't I be better at being a broadcaster (laughs) by having that much? Actually, when I say it, because that's 18 years now in radio, I don't know if I have the skills to show what I've learned over those 18 years. I still feel like a brand new, like a junior burger when I come into the studio. Oh, man. Well, it's such a cool journey for you because, like you said, actually, actually, before we go into how you got there, you mentioned that you wanted to be a rock star. Now, I know purely from working together that uh, in some of your hobbies and ventures, you love like the 90s decade. You love music. Yeah. You love creating content. When you were growing up, because uh, you're early 30s now, so mm. you obviously came up in the decade of the 90s. Did that music and TV and that sort of entertainment craft what you wanted to do? Is that was the was that the reason why you wanted to be a rock star? Or? Of course. It, not only did it craft what I wanted to do back then, it is still what I consume, <laughs> consume my days now. I no, no joke, Blake. I never grew out of the bands that I listened to in high school. Yeah. I'll still get into my car, put on. Green Day, put on Blink-182, put on No Effects. Uh, I still watch Seinfeld. I still watch Friends. The nine, I never really let the 90s go. But there's something about those formative years, I think, of like, I grew up... So I was I was young in the 90s. Like, I was 10 years old when I got my first album, which was Nimrod, Green Day Ooh, Nimrod. Yes. And I had older cousins who, who listened to that type of music. So I looked up to them. I idolized them. And there's something about that that never really goes away. I think the, the first things that you get impressioned upon you that you really fall in love with, and music is a big one for people of that age, it never goes away. And I think they'll always be my favorite bands and my favorite albums are those ones that I found in the years from 10 years old to 15 years old. So a sense of independency yeah. when you were coming through that time where you were trying to decipher who you were growing up and whether you decided to conform and follow the crowd through school or you wanted to like break out and be kind of like a leader. Definitely. It's the building blocks of your own identity because you, yep. you use that to inform the kind of person that you want to be. And yep. I reckon for me, definitely, I can look back at things like the music I listened to then, like many kids my age watching The Simpsons every night at 6pm on oh, Channel 10, um, reading Mad Magazines. Like I, I reckon some of those things just really built the kind of person that I am today. And without them, I would have been a totally different version of myself. Did you embody 
Blink One Eight Two and Green Day during your teens <laughs> was Jack Post a little punk rock uh, art? Like, seen me? I had I had a different color hair every week in high school. What? Yeah, pink, purple, blue, orange, green. No. Yeah, yeah. And I went to a, a public school, so they were more relaxed around the rules of like how you had to present yourself. Yeah. And the most I would get is the principal walk past me and go like. Uh, Jack, you're really not meant to have colourful hair like that. It's like, ah, oh, sorry. <laughs> that's about the extent of it. <laughs> Slap on the hand. Like, that's nothing. Oh, man. Well, did you... So, with the TV shows and music, did you have one that you leaned into more or holistically as entertainment, you, from that very young age, knew that, well, now I want to try and be a rock star as you said or that's why you branched out into music so you created a band and then i guess ultimately talking now your job is to host and creative produce you know pieces of content and that's almost like your tv yeah I, I would side. love to i would love to go back and try and join the dots like that but i sadly don't reckon there there is that much of a story in it i i think i got into that radio sh that first radio show i did sort of by happenstance and then another coincidence was i had my cousin older cousin rowan brown who was people might know from the early 2000s was brownie on the fox in early morning uh, it's like a mid mornings type right. dj and so i had this um relation with somebody inside commercial radio so when i had done my tertiary education after school i went to tafe and tried to study film and it i wasn't really enjoying it so i kind of scrambled around for things that i've done before i was mm. like oh, you know i've done radio a little bit i've got a cousin who works in radio maybe i can come knocking on his door and so it was more of a that was more of a um just the opportunity seemed to be there for me and i snatched it up rather than i listened to radio and i loved the people i listened to because i didn't actually listen to that much radio growing up yeah, um right it was the first real radio show i loved was probably american rosso but mm -hmm. i never listened to them on radio i had a couple of their cds which they made from their radio shows and then uh, later on hamish and andy mm -hmm. i became big fans of and then luckily got to work on their show but i didn't really love radio growing up and think oh that's where i want to be behind the <laughs> microphone like christian o'connell who i work with on gold that's his story you know he's yeah. a classic like he loved radio he loved he had his big guys on radio in london where he grew up and he he knew he wanted to do it whereas me i feel like it was the um the absence of becoming a rock star <laughs> and i needed something else it's the fallback <laughs> it's, this is the fallback, the fallback. Yeah. oh as we say this we're recording in the gold studio with all the bosses outside i love it now don't get me wrong i love being part of it now but it definitely wasn't uh i didn't have it in my on my dream board as a kid to wow. work in radio oh that's fantastic uh and so uh going into your sin days you were there for a few years going through your teens uh i believe you hosted a, sh a show there with a friend was it Where, or did you like what kind of hosting did you yeah do actually the drummer in my band in that punk band was the oh. guy who i hosted uh, a show with on um sin fm and then it's such a cool place and it, pro and it probably still is it, it's produced so much radio talent and media talent in melbourne mm. uh hamish and andy both went through there and um and lots of other people who work in the industry went through sin fm and they were starting up this thing with uh, Channel 31, which is a community TV station in Melbourne where they were going to 
film the um, radio show and put it on uh, TV. So you could simulcast it, watch it on TV or listen to it on the radio. And me and my friend were the first pair of people to do that show. Along with, oh. we, we did it on Friday. So along with five other hosts that would do it through the week. Wow. What a, what a, ma- what a goal. Yeah. Actually, yeah, and, the mantel piece. Uh, I beat Hamish and Ant. There, there was an <laughs> award ceremony for this TV station, community TV station called Channel 31. And Hamish and Andy had their very first TV show before they were ever, like before you would know them, before they were on yeah. Channel 7 and before they were on Spicks and Specs and all that. Um, they had this show called Radio Karate and they were nominated for an award Best Male Hosts of uh, Channel 31. And me and my friend, who's the drummer of the punk band, beat them for that award as 15-year-olds. And so I've still got the footage of... I'll show you it after this. I'll show you the footage of... Um, the nominations and then them announcing the the winner. Was it the was it the moment? I don't know how much funding they had for the production, but was it a face on you, face on Hamish and Andy? And <laughs> like no, the no, I don't know. Or... I don't know if they had multicam running <laughs> yeah. at, at the Channel Thirty One Antenna Awards. <laughs> we mate, you were way too excited to get that uh, accolade off your chest right now. I just so... I feel like not enough people know that I I was actually bigger than Hamish and Andy before they got big back in the day. Oh, that's amazing! And now you said that they came through. Uh, sin as well they did a stint there what was the connection between you and Hamish and Andy and working together who reached out to who or yeah so they would finish they would start their show sorry on radio as we finished our that TV Uh. simulcast radio show so that's where I first met them bumping into them like that but then actually me working on the show was a coincidence that that they didn't even they actually didn't even remember me from that um from for meeting what, me the major award winner how no, dare they, that yeah well they claimed that they didn't remember me so i came back as a 20 year old um through uh fox fm which is the station in melbourne where they broadcast nationally their show and i started working nights there after the show had finished so i would bump into them again and then i, I eventually worked up the courage to say because by this time they were you know sort of household names right. and i said like oh, i actually know you guys i beat you in an award maybe three years ago you remember but me working on that show was a total coincidence to knowing them back at CineFM. What a way to introduce yourself. To be like, hi guys, I want to work with you. But by the way, I beat you. So wouldn't it make sense that I work for the show? Because if I'm better than you, shouldn't I be working for you? Look, the name would be Jack, Hamish and Andy. Like, yeah, I'll go at the front. But that- it took ages for me to work on that show. I, I really hung around like a bad smell. Uh, like try to just ask their producer was this guy called Sam Kavanagh who's a great producer in mm. radio and I just would ask him all the time can I come and sit in your guys pre-show meeting do you guys mind if I learn how to panel your show which is pressing all the buttons yeah. and so it was like a year and a half of doing that where they're like who's this kid who just keeps hanging around he's not getting paid at all I didn't get paid for a year and a half like working on that show and then eventually, I guess I stayed around long enough that they had to give me some sort of paid role on the show. He's here the, every day. The, well, they probably didn't say anything. The company's like, uh... Yeah. We're going to get in trouble for having this non-paid worker on your team. So we're going to have to give him a job. That's uh, that's so fascinating. And it's funny that you mentioned Sam Kavanagh because... And this story really resonates with me because, uh, as you said, Fox FM, Melbourne radio station, that's where I moved to when I moved from the Gold Coast and now to radio there. And so that's where I ended up running into you guys. So yep. I went round on one of my first days in the station, didn't know anyone. And I actually knocked on the door of Sam Kavanagh's office. Yep. And as you said, Sam Kavanagh is a huge 
powerhouse when yeah. it comes to radio and content and was EPing, uh, executive producing the Hamish Nanny show at the time. And I had no idea who he was. Are you just knocking on random I doors? Just, I just oh. knocked on offices <laughs> and went to people's desks and I'm like, hi, I'm Blake, I'm the new guy. Uh, if you need anything done, yeah. like just give me a holler. Yeah. And uh, I did that to Sam and, and I don't know, after that he's like, oh, I might actually have some stuff. And meanwhile, I had no idea that he was part of the Hamish Nandy team. Yep. And so he's like, oh, I might. I might put you in touch with Carly Humby as well, who we know who was doing some producing on it as well. And the first thing I ever did for the Hamish and Andy team mm. was back when Hamish did the Napkin Ninja. Yes, um, I remember that. Yep. And I remember... He got, he got thousands of branded napkins made and yes. we couldn't give them away because no one wanted them. No, but who you did give it away to, I had to package up individually <laughs> and send... Send a napkin in the mail. <laughs> send a napkin in the mail, all like, you know, post out, yep. writing the addresses on. And, and that's the very first thing I remember... Uh, having worked with you guys. And I think as well, that was the first time, obviously you guys were, were quite established as, as a team and as a unit, but I noticed that you were uh, not only the panel op and the mm. button pusher, but you were also a creative producer. So how long did it take you to go from, guys, pay me yeah. and I'll help you yeah. to becoming like a, a, a go-to for some ideas and helping craft their content? Yeah, yeah, great question. A long time, I reckon. Like way mm. longer than is uh, than, than it should have been for how long I s sat in those meetings. But for the f <laughs> whole first year... So uh, the first official job I got on the show was uh, editing the podcast. Oh, so that yes. was my first official job on the show, but I would still ask to come to all these meetings and to sit in on the shows. And for the first whole year of sitting in those meetings every day, I didn't say anything. And then I reckon there was a year after that where I built up the courage to pitch my ideas, but there was still probably another year after that before any of my ideas were good enough to actually get on the show. So a good, <laughs> I reckon good two, two and a half years before I ever got taken seriously for you know content advice or creative input into the show and when you did finally get a say were your ideas great did you think they were and did they think they were uh i probably i, pr I probably had at the start too many jack centric ideas like <laughs> one of my first ideas i remember was like hey why don't you guys send me around to be an extra in all kinds of tv shows for a week and then you check up on me and i'll be down at the set at neighbors like hey guys it's jack i'm on the set of neighbors i'm just got in the background of this uh this shot with dr carl but they uh, they obviously didn't want to do that idea because I wasn't even a character on the show at that point. So no. why introduce this kid going around doing all this extra work? But um, no, I, what I loved about working on that show is that they were open to collaborating with um, with me and, and any anybody on that team. Like we're allowed to pitch ideas and um, it was, yeah, it was really fun. I, I still maintain like one of the biggest things we did before we finished day-to-day -day radio was we formed a band where I played guitar, Andy played keyboards and trumpet and Hamish played the drums and we'd get a rotating lead singer. Cool boys in the front man. Cool boys in the front man. That idea started from something that I pitched into the show. So oh. I, 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 I'll put my hand up and claim everything good that came of that. No, <laughs> I, 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 was a, I, I pitched the idea that, that um, Adam Lambert was coming in and I forget what his song was, but Adam Lambert had a big song that year. Mm. And I said, we should, because we can all play instruments. 
Oh, that's right. Adam Lambert was coming in. He said he couldn't he couldn't perform live because his band wasn't going to be there. So right. I said, well, we all play instruments. Why don't we play for Adam Lambert? Adam Lambert turned down that idea, but then that became an idea that kept coming up as like people come in and we finally got it done with Rob Thomas was yes. the first person we did and we played uh, Smooth. Uh, yeah, Smooth. Yeah. Uh, is that Santana? Santana and yes. Rob Thomas, yeah. Oh my God. And then, well... And a what multi city tour? Then, or we could private jet tour by the end of it in 2017. Yeah. We flew around Australia on a private jet playing gigs for people. That so that was a huge highlight. It, that's actually the closest I'll become to being a rock star is being in this pretender band that played one song gigs. Unreal. That is that's got to be uh, from what you've described on the podcast so far. That is quintessential Jack Post dream. Yep. Just combining it with reality. Yes. yes. And just seeing what can come of it. If I could take a photo of the the last night we played at uh, Melbourne Park to like 5,000 people, right? And and I'm on stage with the guitar in my hand. If I had a photo of that moment and then showed it to 15-year-old Jack, he would have been like, you did it, baby. We, you're, a, <laughs> you're a rock star. The, the truth is context plays a huge part of that and we're not a real band and they weren't really there to see us play awesome music. Don't but, know. But young Jack Post would ask the, questions. The photo is the photo. I've the got way. a guitar. I'm on stage. <laughs> That's great. He, yeah, he doesn't care about questions. <laughs> it's not a follow-up interview. It's here's the proof. Yeah. That's all you need is to know. Is that a guitarist on stage? Yes, it is. Case closed. That's, and is that guitarist me? Yes, <laughs> yes it is. Well, rock star status achieved. Um, that's so unreal that you could bring your own personal flair and ideas and creativeness to uh, what was essentially an established brand with, yeah. the, with the sense of them. And you've been able to to meander your way in there um, in a really creative way. Which I did is, meander, Blake. I really did meander in there. The definition of meander? <laughs> yeah, or loiter? Yeah, or yeah, what, loiter, which, wander, <laughs> linger. You actually, you actually didn't work at Fox. You just found a pass and you got in the office. But then, that obviously, that gig with Hamish and Andy uh, helped me get this, this job with Christian O'Connell because... Yeah. We met Christian O'Connell in London doing work with Hamish and Andy. We were there for the gap year in 2012 and the London Olympics. We did a show with Christian. So I met him then. And then Hamish and Andy were a big reason that he came out to Australia. So when he was coming out here, he asked them, I'm looking for this sidekick character that I have on my show. Who's like, he's not on the posters, <laughs> but he can be in the studio and he's allowed to talk. And uh, Andy recommended me for the gig. Do you know if there was anyone else in the running? I don't know. Great question. I should definitely ask Christian, but I'm scared to find out <laughs> if it was like close to having somebody else. But I know, actually, I actually fit a really niche role. I know he didn't want anybody famous and established mm. so so like people like your ed cavalies and will anderson's and people yep. who are on other radio shows he he didn't want to kind of find somebody of that ilk um but he wanted someone with enough experience that they could sit in the studio so i kind of sat in this weird area of like he's well i'm not famous no one really knows him but he has <laughs> been on air with this famous show for 10 years yeah. so he might fit the bill and then you flew to England to do a, a test show well, or Yeah, no, it wasn't even a test show. It was honestly just to meet him. And oh, it was wow. it was sitting in a pub, me trying to play catch up with the amount an Englishman can drink all day. <laughs> he can drink. Oh my God, he, he can, can slam him back. And yes. I'm not a huge drinker, as we know from yes. the kombucha scenario. <laughs> uh, so I was jet lagged, trying to keep up, slurring my words. I didn't sleep the whole night before in the hotel and I can't believe that that was my that was his first impression of me, and that that person got the job on the show. 
Well, like we said before, don't ask any questions. Yeah. <laughs> You're here now. That's a photo of me sitting in a radio studio opposite Christian O'Connell. It really happened. That is me. Case closed. Oh, mate. Well, the fact that you're ticking these boxes, no questions asked, is a great, uh, you know, couple of milestones to say where you've hit in your career. And um, did you ever feel along that journey that you wanted to branch out or go another direction at all? Because like Hamish and Andy's tenure and you you with them, it's like over a decade. Yeah. So that's a long time. Did yeah. you ever have thoughts? And I mean, I'm still working with them on the podcast now. Of course. So it's, this will be my... 13th year working on with Hamish and Andy insane um yeah I did I I mean I tried stand-up comedy for a year so I did uh, in 2013 I had a, a comedy show at the Melbourne Comedy Festival but and I was I, I was actually really proud of the show I worked really hard on it it was really funny but I kind of like after it was done I kind of put up my shoes like yeah, look at that. He just did a comedy show and then never like what I, what I didn't realize of what comedians do is like, yeah, then they start working on the next show and they put in that effort again and they yeah, do yeah. that every year consistently. Yeah. Whereas I kind of just thought that people would come knocking on my doors and like, hey, we heard about this great comedy show you did. We want to take you over to Edinburgh. You're going to be huge. We'll take you to Montreal. You're going to be the next Ricky Gervais, uh, which no one ever came knocking to on that door. And I just kind of let that that fade away. But Nah, besides that, and besides like a couple of other things, like I've, I've tried to make other bands um, during my time with Hamish and Andy and with Christian, like I've got another band called Release the Sounds yep. with a friend of mine, Mike, and we do, you know, semi-comedy music. But no, nah, I've never really thought like, all right, this is my time. I've got to drop everything else. And now I've got to be the lead character in whatever I do next. You've never broken away from a band to go solo. Nah, and nah. they're just too, they're too big. It's like Hamish and Andy. It's like, the, you know, the drummer of Coldplay going like, I'm going to leave Coldplay and make, start my band. It's like, you're in Coldplay, man. Stay in Coldplay. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Live out, live out the, as long as you can. Um, moving on from that, you mentioned before that you have a band or a, a duo duo is it yeah duo. Gonna, so gonna... it's just me and mike but yeah. we have like we used a drummer he's just not allowed in the photo shoots <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic <laughs> no because he didn't want to be in it full time it's the drummer of people would know the uh, the band british india who's like yeah you know um a great Australian Aussie rock band and the drummer from there, uh, Matty O'Gorman, who's a legend, agreed to be in the the video clip and like drumming on the songs, but I don't know if he really wanted to be in the band because he didn't want to tarnish anything that British and Neil were doing. So he uh, he's not in all the photo shoots and stuff, but I would call him the drummer of the band. But the other thing is, we don't play any live gigs, so to call him the drummer of the band like it's ongoing is deceitful because we haven't played with him since we made the album. Oh, it's the best. And so the band is called Release the Sounds, mm -hmm. a very funny take. Uh, and I remember when you guys were coming up with it, Release the Hounds, a Simpsons reference. Yeah, is that I right? guess that's a Simpsons reference. Yeah, in there, it has the to be. It has to be. Um, it's so good. Uh, yourself and Mike, you guys create, write, uh, and I was going to say perform, but like you said, don't we don't perform, perform live. We but performed into the microphones that recorded the album. Uh, that's a level of performance. But yeah, we did it um, all ourselves, and with the, and this guy, a great um, music producer called Yuri uh, Warren Stack, who worked in TV mm. for many years. He worked with Chris Lilly, and he's worked with Hamish and Andy in the past. And um, we were lucky that he was just 
you know, we met him and he was like, oh man, I'll help you guys make a record. So we made an album that we couldn't have made ourselves if we were trying to do it like in GarageBand on our Mac laptops. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And you guys do a lot of, um, a lot of your songs, uh, how would you describe it? I would, the, uh, when I said we're a semi-comedic band, is like the, this is the best way to explain it. It's not funny. It's not laugh out loud funny, but the topics that we choose to tackle are peculiar. Right. So it's maybe funny in that sense. Like, oh, I never realized that a band would write a song about their pants keep falling down, but it's not meant to be a joke <laughs> song. It's, not, it's a real song. It's not a joke song. It's very funny. You've also got, I think you did one about Instagram, the Instagram song. The Instagram song, yeah. Yeah, so call it, I don't know, call it topical. Like, what would you say? Like, yeah, you put pants, well, actually, falling, pants, pants, falling, pants falling down. down. I, is, that's universal. That can happen Absolutely. 100 years ago. It can happen today. <laughs> we're just, you know what? We don't really know what we are. But we're just, just listen to the music and make up your own mind about what you think, where we should be categorized. Go on to Spotify, search up Release the Sounds. It, it's very, very funny. Oh, then um, can I put a plug for my own music in there as well? Oh my God, yeah. yeah. So if you also search Jack Post on Spotify, then I did a podcast last year where I was teaching myself how to record music and that was called Jackie Road Studios. So yes. people can still go and get that pod. Had it was, a lot of, it was oh, on the list. Oh, so I no, 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 okay, Let's was... get there naturally because now it sounds like, <laughs> what can I say about my own music? Like, let's get there naturally. No, no, no. Well, I was just going to, the last question for Release the Sounds was, uh, you released one album. Yep. How many songs? Oh, like good question. Ten or I think it was ten songs. Ten songs. Yeah. Are we looking at another? We have talked about it. We have talked about it. I don't want to say too much because I don't really know if we'll ever get around to doing it. So if I make a promise here, I'll, the the five release the sounds fans out there might be crushed to to know the album never comes. But I would love to make a second one. Ah, uh, it's it would be phenomenal, and you do have a lot of fans, and you guys just have a lot of fun doing it. Um, there's more chance we'll make the second album than performing any of the songs live. I reckon. Oh wow! Would you do it? We're a... not. We're, we're just not that good musicians to perform live. Ah, look, I've seen. Who cares I mean, about? Who cares? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who cares Face about the that? wall, and everyone can watch your back. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, do it. You could always take a little idea from the Hamish and just perform one song. One song only. Just do a yeah. request. Put it out to your fans. Request a song. We come to you, and we'll perform that one song live. That'd be yeah. Look, I I'd go. I'd follow you Thank around. You, I'd be a groupie. Now moving then into uh, your. Podcast, very natural segue. Yeah. Oh yes, I did a podcast last year. <laughs> yeah, so you actually did. You branched out and you uh, created a little project called uh, Jackie Road Studios. Yes. And- so it started because I wanted to teach myself how to use well, GarageBand on Mac laptop. Yep. Although, like the, the the step up from GarageBand is a program called Logic, but essentially it's like how to record at home. So you plug your yep. guitar in. You can. Um, I got a guy in uh, Newcastle to to do drums on it and different things. Different people helped out along the way, but it was essentially I'll interview a guest. Something from the interview will inspire me to write and record a new song. So the idea was interview someone every week and then write a new song every week, uh, which was way harder than I thought it would be because it takes so long to 
record a song, especially when you don't know how to do it. So yes. I was t- trying to teach myself to do it from scratch. So it was the most work I've ever put into anything I've ever done, Jackie Road Studios, the podcast. But I'm really proud of what came out of it because I have all these great interviews with people and uh, I've got a whole album worth of songs. So there's 12 songs on the Jackie Road Studios album, which people can search on Spotify if they put in Jack Post. And each one of them came from something that was in those interviews uh, with the guests. It's it's unreal. And some of the guests you've got, Amy Shark, uh, yeah. oh, you can... You can run through them. If yeah, you well, want. I had I, I did what you were doing. So first, I just went around to my pool of friends. So I got Hamish yeah. and Andy. I got Christian O'Connell. They they yep. were they were guests on the show. Um, but then yeah, I I got Amy Shark was great. And then another um, musical legend who I loved growing up was a band called Jimmy Eat World, who had a yes. song called The Middle. Yeah. Um, Jim from Jimmy Eat World uh came on the podcast. Um. Okay, who else did I have? Didn't I you have, have? You had Liam uh, Stapleton oh, yeah, I had from da- Triple J. And- Liam Stapleton, who's who is Triple J Breakfast, Ben and Liam, and now yep. they're in Adelaide. I was trying to not get too many radio people because of that's course. the people I knew I had yep. access to. Yep. So that's why I started trying to reach out to Amy Shark and uh, and and Jim Adkins from Jimmy Eat World. But um, then I had the other kind of people I had on was um, comedians, like uh, a great comedian in Melbourne here, Lewis Spears, yes. who's got like half a million subscribers on YouTube, yeah. big YouTube audience. Uh, he came on as well. So if people want to find it, Jackie Road Studios in your favorite podcast app. Now, I've got a fun little quiz that I like yeah, to do yeah. with my guests. Right. It's called the Best Mates Quiz with Jack Post. All right. Best Mates Quiz. Best Mates Quiz. Yeah. It's 10 fire questions. Uh, this or that, would you rather? Yep, sure. Um, and if you've got a fun story off the back of it, why okay. not? First one. Jar Jar Binks from Star Wars. Would you rather look like him or sound like him? <laughs> Definitely sound like. Although I work in radio. Oh, God, that's hard. I would hate to look like Jar Jar Binks, though. God, I think sound. And then I'll just get a new job. Yeah. God, I really hate that. I hate both of them. Even though I wasn't... I am one of the only people who doesn't hate Jar Jar Binks as a character. I don't really hate it. I thought it was comic relief yeah, for the whole thing. I had a Jar Jar Binks t-shirt when the movie first <laughs> first came yep. out. And I'm not even that big a Star Wars fan. You were a Jar Jar Binks fan. <laughs> I was you... just a, oh, I don't know about this whole universe, but that guy's got something. <laughs> Saw him like really small on the yeah. poster and you're like, that's my guy. I'm getting around to that guy for the movie. Um, fantastic. If you, this one would be interesting. If you relived the 90s decade and you could only have one, would you rather 90s TV or 90s music? Oh, yeah. great question. I can't can't ever let go of that Simpsons, the first nine seasons of The Simpsons. Have to have really? that. Yeah. Oh my God, I thought you were going to go music. Nah, I can't, I couldn't. It's too fundamental to who I am. You mean, okay, am I, am I just, have I watched it? And then I just have to remember it and I can never watch it again? No. Or did it never exist? It never... Well, you have no memory of it. Oh, and you're you're living through it for the first time. Oh, God. Like, that's so hard. I think I think I have to keep The Simpsons. I think it's got to yeah. be 90s TV. Oh, well, it's not what I thought you'd go, but I, I love the reasoning. The yeah. Simpsons was is the all-time it's best. It's the number one everything. It is. It is, 100%. Re- America or Europe? You've been gap years to... Yeah, I have to go America because that's where my wife's from. I met my Amazing. wife in New York. Her family still lives there. Love to get back there. I mean, COVID's obviously keeping us away, so mm. we haven't been there in years. But yeah, I mean, it's a great place to have a second family because I'm going there every 18 months. New York. <laughs> oh, yeah, that'd be unreal to go back to. Um, oh, 
it's so funny. I wrote these questions uh, yesterday mm. over the past couple of days. And the fact that you mentioned Green Day or Blink-182 yeah. without even prompting you earlier oh, in the great. chat, yeah, sure. <laughs> which one? Green I, Day or Green, Blink- Green Day, 100%. Yeah. Really? Blink-182 was a bit... Actually, when they first came out, I was already like a Green Day purist. This is, And I'm talking as a 10-year-old, so yeah. take that with a grain of salt. But uh, yeah, I remember... Uh, what was their big song in 1999? Uh, All the Small Things. Yeah, And I was like, oh, this is a bit, you know stinky compared to oh. real punk music <laughs> but i i learned to appreciate like that that, that album enema of the state blink 102 is one of the all-time albums but i could never get rid of the the, the green day ones dookie insomniac nimrod all from the 90s are my favorite wow yeah fan- actually i thought you were gonna go blink 182 and i was like ah, is nah, green, green day on my, uh, my one and all fair yeah. enough uh would you prefer to live through a zombie outbreak or an alien invasion aliens Definitely. See what they look like, just out of curiosity. Like, where they, where they come from. Oh, if they kill us, the zombies are going to kill us anyway. <laughs> but you'd just think it would be quite uh, a lot more interesting. Like, oh, yeah, like, oh, that's, you don't look anything like in the movies. Or you get the answer. Oh, they do exist. Oh, All yeah, right, yeah. I can <laughs> die happy now. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> no, fair enough. Uh, would you rather have a third nipple or an extra toe? Oh, please don't just like decide that now's the best time to tell us you have one of those things <laughs> no, I, I have a friend with a third nipple though Ooh. um we can give him a call if you want to ask any questions <laughs> it doesn't really worry him he, he's, he lives a normal life but i guess you would with the extra toe as well i'm just trying to think if you get any extra benefits from a toe but you don't really i'll go the toe better balance you did, no, you did, yeah, it well, might be off balance if it's only on one foot. That's true. <laughs> well, two extra toes. Let's one if it's on extra on both feet, yeah, I'll then, take yeah, that. Go that. Uh, flippers. You probably got more of a foot. Yeah, that's swimming. right. Yeah, yeah. Um, would you shave your eyebrows or shave your head? God, might I preface head. it with? Yeah. I think people underestimate how bald your face looks when you shave eyebrows. Yeah, I got to. I got to go shave the head. You'd go shave the yeah, head. Yeah, yeah. Eyebrows looks too weird. I asked one of my female housemates and she said shave her head as well. Yeah. As a, and that's as a female. I was like, wow, yeah, you can yeah. look very different. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Okay, interesting. Uh, would you want uh, a personal chef or a personal trainer? Like we're talking all the time. Yeah. A chef. Chef, 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 chef. Yeah. The, my hardest point in any day is deciding, even deciding what to have for dinner, let alone cooking it. Right. If the great. personal chef he makes the menu for you, he just he doesn't even ask you what you feel like. Wow. He just gives you two options. That would be my ultimate. Personal chef gives you two options. You know, I have A or B. It's like the chicken or the salmon. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a wedding every yeah. night. Yeah. You've got the two options. Um would you rather be best friends with Donald Trump or Kim Kardashian? Kim. Yep. Just not a big fan of Donald Trump. Kim would be would she be mm. fun? I don't know. No. You probably have to be on the show. <laughs> oh, poor you with all that still, money around I'll you. I'll still take Kim. <laughs> all right, fair enough, fair enough. And last one Would you rather have the ability to talk to animals or become an animal? Okay, change back and forth like an animal? Yeah, just, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, it's like an animal. Yeah. The 90s <laughs> yeah, kids' yeah. TV show of animals. <laughs> yeah. So, so change? I would change into an animal. I what think. animal? Oh, no, no, wait, 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 oh. stop. I didn't think about my relationship with my dog. I would love to be able to communicate with my dog Luna. on a talking yes. level. I'll go talking. Talking? Yeah, I'd love to talk to her and just like know what she thinks and like, is she happy? Does she love me? 
talking definitely oh oh fair enough what out of curiosity if you would become an animal and have that ability what would you i would become another dog and then try and get on her level just a dog <laughs> like purely because of your own dog <laughs> yeah and maybe we'd play together and I, would, I could just really step into her shoes this is so wholesome yeah. <laughs> this is so, i was honestly i'll oh, ex- become an eagle blake and fly like- around australia <laughs> oh, ah! No, dog. <laughs> I was honestly expecting some like boss ass <laughs> animal like a rhino yeah. or you know a honey badger or something like that. No, fair enough. We'll go with a lap dog. Uh, well, Luna's not a lap dog. No, though. no, she's, she's a border collie. Yes, fair enough. Well, that was the best mates quiz. Some actually surprising answers in there. Um, I do have one final thing before we wrap up. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a little segment I like to do uh, because when I research my co-hosts, got to do it very thoroughly. Have to go. Oh, you didn't listen to my podcast. It's the shtick I have to do. It's one. Yeah, go on. It's the one thing. Uh, So I really deep dive into some research and I go to page two of Google. (gasps) Page two of Google. Did you see the Jack post the uh, the tool that's like that builders use to crank up a beam? Oh, I did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I actually did. I was like, oh, this looks like an interesting yeah. link. Let's see what information's in here. And it was, I think it was... It's like a metal column, adjustable column. Yeah, it was to put, up, put under your car and lift it up. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, right, that one was a dud yeah. lead. Um, no, but it's funny. You actually mentioned at the start of the uh, podcast that it said on you know, Wikipedia, I'm mm. not proud. Um, Jack Post, your Wikipedia profile under music career comes up your high school band. So it was last chance. Yes. Um, and so it says here you were performing at school concerts. And then it said, and I didn't really understand. And then it said, and most notably to a venue with the doors still closed. Yeah. Okay, that's a but, Hamish and Andy fan who's edited that because I told them that. So uh, in my first band, Last Chance, we... <laughs> we were so low on the bill that we were the first band of the night and the promoters wanted a band to be playing as people came in oh. so they the doors were still closed and they want you to start so we're like all right <laughs> one two three four but the doors are closed so no one's there and then they open the doors and people come in and like oh the band's already playing oh right okay it makes way more sense now was that did you think you'd made it in that moment, no, even no, if there was no crowd? <laughs> also, because that was at my high school. So it was in the high school theatre. Ah. And you would think because we were we went to the high school that they would give us special treatment and put us up the order, but they didn't. We were last on the bill. <laughs> last chance. Look at you now. Look yeah. at you now. Performing <laughs> with doors wide open. <laughs> come one, come all. <laughs> yeah. um, and it also said that uh, you did your most famous performance was in the Frank Stallone Let Me Be Frank With You tour in which that you were a warm-up act. Is that correct? Yes. So that was another Hamish and Andy thing. So the only yeah. success I've had in bands oh. is to do with the tie to the Hamish and Andy the show. Yeah, yeah. But they brought out Frank Stallone, who's Sylvester Stallone's yes. brother, to play. He, he had one great uh, album in the 80s. Well, great makes it sound like it was popular. It wasn't popular, but it yeah. was really good. And they brought him out to play the album and Last Chance reformed that night to... Uh, and they did the same thing. So we started playing Why the Doors Are Closed and then they let all the Frank fans in while halfway through our song. That is fantastic. Well, Jack, you've had such an amazing career to date uh, with all of the ventures that we've spoken about. It's such a pleasure to know you, mate. I've been so happy to to have worked with you in many different occasions as well um, in my time. And I really appreciate you coming on board for this podcast. So thank you so much 
for coming on. No, no worries, man. Thanks for having me, and good luck with the rest of the season. No, thank you. Enjoy that kombucha right there. I will. It'll be great. Back some now. Yeah. To catch up on any or all of the Best Mates with Blake episodes, just search Best Mates with Blake wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, to follow along with highlights of the chats, including some clues as to who I might have on the next episodes, follow Best Mates with Blake on Instagram. Cheers.